everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 23, It's Hard to Catch a Rooster, recorded May 10th, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. The Periodic Table, number 23. 23! That means we're one week away from having been having done this for six months. Actually, having Will and been done. Will and haven't been it. We've, we've missed a couple, so we've actually been doing more than six months. So That's right. Remember the date of the first episode? Uh, no. June something, I think. No, it was December, or it couldn't have been June, because this is May. Um, I, mean, so. I have to go look now. Yeah, Everybody, please that. hold. Let us know. And while you do that, I will tell you that the 23rd element on the periodic table is vanadium. Pure vanadium is a grayish silvery metal. It's soft, it's ductile, has good corrosion resistance, and it's often used as an additive to improve steel. And my cheap $60 high school class senior ring was made out of chrome vanadium because that's all I could afford. So I know vanadium well. Hi, Aaron. Aaron Butler hey, Mark. is with me this week. And hey, only everybody. Aaron Butler is with me this week. We had... Uh, some uh, last-minute cancellations, so uh, Aaron and I will just have to be funny enough for everybody. We can do it. We can try. Oh, so, we can. so did you want to have a, uh, um, a treatise on uh, all things Marvel Comics and specific, specifically Avengers before we started? Because I know that's a big deal to you. November 14th, 2011. That was the release of the first episode of the Periodic Table. Oh, there Except we go. Yeah, uh, in, in case you don't know, if you're looking at the live stream, the, those beautiful legs behind me are the legs of Tony Stark encased in the Mark VI armor. Uh, I am something of an Avengers slash uh, comic book fan. Um, on my wall over here, I've got a wall of comics. I've got my six favorite issues of the Avengers framed. I could spin the camera around, but it's probably not worth it, Mark. Is it worth it? No, it's not. Okay, I didn't think so. It's, it's a big, it's a glare from the way I'm sitting anyway. Yeah, and so I went to see the Avengers opening day. I did not go to the midnight theater, midnight showing. You know why? Because I didn't want to be in the big crowd. I wanted to be able to really enjoy it. And even though it's fun to see it with the big crowd, I like to be able to see it where I want to sit, not to where the three hours are, blah, 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 blah. So took off Friday work from work. My wife and I went to the 9.55 a.m. show with about nine people other than us, and it was awesome. If you've not seen the movie and you like Superhero movies at all. If you enjoyed any of the Spider-Man or the X-Men or the Iron Man movies, you'll like this one. Yeah, it, it is, is It is among the best superhero movies. Definitely. Ever. It was, uh, uh, it's, to me, it is, uh, you know, obviously, Mark and I were discussing the laws of physics that are violated throughout the movie. Um, don't go to it expecting to see Bohr's <laughs> law and, uh, and, and, um, yeah, What's that guy? Newton, you yeah. know, Newton. And, we, uh, we disregard Newton Einstein on a regular basis. or any of those other scientists, scientists work being affirmed. Um, as one of my coworkers says, well, uh, they're not hindered by logic or reason when it comes down to physics. They just, whatever one that they want to do, they do. But the way the story is told and the action and the character development and, and just the overall visual spectacle is, is awesome. So I highly recommend it. I give it an A. On a scale of one to 10, I give it a 9.6. Is there a better superhero movie in your opinion? Um, I would say that overall, just the overall scope of the movie and modern movies that I would say that Iron Man, the first Iron Man is probably the closest to it. I actually like this one better because the Avengers is my favorite comic team. I bought my first Avengers 
in Milt's Mini Mart out of the rack on ni- in 1979. <laughs> it's hanging on the wall right now, right over here. I can show it to you. That's uh, awesome. And so I've I've been an Avengers fan for what is that 34 years now. So yeah, it's it's hard. I would go into it liking it even if it had really sucked, but luckily yeah. it didn't. So. And the Hulk rendition, he wasn't the star of the show, but it was the best Hulk rendition of any of the Hulk renditions I've seen since uh, Bill Bixby did him. By Uh, far. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo did a great job as Bruce Banner and then and also as the Hulk. He's the first time, Mark, I don't know if you realize this, you probably did. This is the first time that the actor playing Bruce Banner also played the Hulk. Yeah. But, well, it's not really an actor. It's a motion cap and a lot of digital CGI. No, but what I'm saying is, Mark Ruffalo wore the green suit with right. the white dots on it and did the motion capture before he was totally CGI. Right. Um, and was not done, you know, and the people in Eric Bana and, and, uh, what's his face in the Ang Lee version, he was mocap, but badly done in my opinion, but it wasn't Eric Bana. That no, did it was it. Ang Lee who did it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. You remember that now. And, um, what was it? Ed Norton? Yeah. Ed Norton and didn't do it either. So it kind of lent, I think it lent a little authenticity to it because there was the same actor, you know, doing both. And I think it was the most comic accurate too. Right. And he finally had somebody to really fight. You know, the first, the first two Hulk movies, he just fought the army basically. <laughs> most of the movies and just ran around and was hounded and was a, you know, the anti-hero. This one, he got to be a hero a little bit. Weird Al Yankovic, who you may have heard of if you grew up in the oh. 80s. I follow him on Twitter. He posted a funny tweet. It said, uh, uh, number one, smash, hashtag Hulk to-do list. <laughs> That's funny. Thank and you. moving right along, I want to uh, start off by saying I'm glad we're not journalists. Because if we were journalists, we'd have to be retracting one of our stories last week. But Uh-oh. since we're not journalists, since all we do is make fun of people, now we get to make fun of journalists who reported this story. The uh, uh, Czechoslovakian dentist <laughs> who ripped all of her uh, ex-boyfriend's teeth out never happened. It was picked up by Associated Press, United Press, uh, 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 UPI, uh, all sorts of them. And nobody ever bothered to check the story until this week. Um, somebody called um, the officer, the the police there uh, in the city where this was supposed to have happened, and they said, "Yeah, we got we got nothing. We never heard of it. Never heard of any of this." Uh, and it turns out it, it's, it's a cover up. I tell you, it's a cover up. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's one of those classic morality tales, you know. Uh, and it it just goes. Uh, you know, somebody picked it up. Uh, it started out with the uh, UK Daily Mail. Uh, and they, when somebody called them, they said, oh, I don't really know where that story came from. It just sort of uh, appeared magically on the page. Yeah. Uh, but they wouldn't claim any responsibility for it. But uh, so one reputable source reported it. Another reputable source parroted it. So that's two reputable sources. And so now it must be true. Turns out okay. it's totally untrue. Well, Mark, if you can, as you as you're fond of saying, if you can't trust anonymous people on the internet, who can you trust? That's right. So, uh, you know, like I said, good thing we're not journalists, or we'd be apologizing. Since we're not, haha, stupid journalists got fooled. Moving right along, in honor of our uh, host in absentia, we have yet another sausage story. Uh, this was only barely a sausage story, but this this is great. I'm going to put the link uh, in the notes, and and for those watching live, I'll put it in the showroom. But uh, in the chat room, you can't watch it right now because we're you know doing a show and all that stuff. Uh, but you need to watch the video of this woman. This is a woman in uh, New York, 
uh, I think a suburb of actually, but they say Nassau County. They yeah. say New York, uh, East Rockway, who was had a hot dog cart, uh, slash porn, uh, not porn, but uh, a Strips. hooker strippers. Yeah, she no. strippers are us. Yeah, she calls herself a, she's a former stripper. All right, and so her her thing is that uh, she offered cleavage you know, along with her hot dog. But the police say she offered sex so that she was she was prostituting herself. So it was like, you know, you can have uh, mustard and relish and, you know, a, a midnight special uh, all right there, depending on your price. The, um, the funniest line of the whole article is the very last one. She was arrested for the same crime eight years ago, also using a hot dog truck. Yeah. <laughs> so she likes hot dogs, apparently. Uh, so strippers like hot dogs. Uh, and this woman, maybe she was a stripper in the 70s. Uh, she does not have the assets any longer. Uh, but it says she's had a, a, a string of sexually oriented businesses. Uh, she offers nude housekeeping. And her neighbors complain that she spends most days sitting out on the front porch in her underwear. I guess the you know she's she's trying to peddle her wares. Maybe she's trying to do the combo meal thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the hot dog chips and and elicit a elicit solicitation to try yeah. to get some business drummed up. Catherine Scalia, forty five years old of East Rockaway, um, uh, the a, a police officer says that she uh, arranged to have him come to her house, uh, and that she promised to give him sexual service for money she's denying that and oddly enough the judge seems to believe the police officer i, I really don't understand why that is i don't either uh, that's just crazy but, uh, poor yeah, woman it does uh okay moving right along that there's that's just funny uh here's one that is something that didn't happen it was a good idea that didn't happen this was uh in uh, south america the company created a product called poo wi-fi and the idea is you put this in a park and it was actually piloted at a couple of parks. You put it in a park and there's this device there that's hooked up to Ethernet with a, a Wi-Fi thing and you drop a bag of poo on it and it weighs the poo and certain amount, you know, per kilogram equals minutes. So like uh, they even had a, a diagram on the thing. So it was like if you have a schnauzer, you're going to like two minutes. Uh, based on average poo sizes, um, you're going to get uh, like two minutes of Wi-Fi. If you have a St. Bernard, you can get 30 minutes of Wi-Fi. And it's not just you. It's the whole park. So it lights up the whole area. Um, and they they tried it. They piloted it. It just didn't work. Uh, it turns out you could drop a rock or anything else heavy in there and get free Wi-Fi as well. But the idea was you clean up the park. You do a public service. Everybody gets free Wi-Fi. Uh, and it was just really funny. The poo wi-fi and and they just said uh it was, there's a whole commercial and it's a good commercial it's a full two minute professionally produced commercial about it i uh, should have called it woof fi woof fi yeah. yeah something like that something better than poo wi-fi but that, the the idea was commendable you know but like you said there's too many ways to cheat the system and i don't know you know, then you, then you got the guy with his ipad he's like come on bessie come on drop point come on <laughs> i need to get online check my email you can do it <laughs> yeah, so you're just walking around the park, um, you know, with your, yeah, with your tablet in hand, just waiting for your dog to go, um, or somebody else's dog to go. You're like, you're like sitting on a park bench, feeding the ducks and waiting. Come on, somebody's got to have a excuse dog, ma'am. Ma'am, come on. Excuse me, may I have your dog's poo? Yes. <laughs> Look at that mastiff. There's a English bull mastiff over. Come on, guy, drop a little. Come on, that'll get the whole park for an hour. That could be awesome. 
Anyway. Wow. And next we have what I think is a, a, a two-edged story. We're going to be mm-hmm. rocketing through these things with just the two of us. Um, Let's do it. There's a principal in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, uh, actually Clayton, Missouri, near St. Louis. Uh, the principal at Clayton High School has resigned uh, after being accused of, she hasn't admitted to it, and there's been no proof of it, but after having uh, been accused of creating a fake Facebook account and uh, friending her students and watching the students, the the friend the the student was called Susie Harrison, and uh, this is a, a you know high school uh, students and and you know apparently and I understand this they pretty much uh, if it's a large enough high school assume that everybody uh, they know uh, everybody asks them somebody that's in their school they just may not know them may not run with their click so uh, allegedly she was. Um, spying on them and it's interesting you have to wonder why you know uh but what i thought was interesting about this and but she's been put on uh administrative leave and she will retire at the end of uh june so that basically she's been she's being paid to sit at home for the next couple of months right uh, but what i thought was interesting about this was the reaction to it some people thought uh that's a horrible terrible thing to do and she should do jail time and other people thought hey that's a pretty good idea i like it um and i can see uh, both sides of it. My only issue uh, is not what she did, actually. Um, it's the fact that it was a school official who committed fraud. And, you know, you can't you can't encourage that of any kind. And secondly, uh, I don't know what, about Missouri, but there are states that have laws that say uh, uh, teachers uh, cannot have Facebook online relationships with students. And if, and if that's one of those cases, then right. she broke the law. But either way, Facebook terms of service say, uh, you know, uh, you can't defraud, you can't have a false account. So what she did was inherently wrong. It, that that is not arguable. She broke rules, and assuming so she did it right. Assuming she did it. So if if that's the alleged, what she allegedly did, since we're not journalists, we can just say she did it. Uh, so what, what about why would she resign? Well, uh, it doesn't actually take any proof anymore. It just takes the accusation, right? Uh, so. But anyway, uh, if she did it, I'm not inclined to say that's such a terrible thing. Um, what do you think, Aaron? Um, I understand the want to know what's going on, maybe even from altruistic motivation of wanting to protect the kids, that kind of thing. But I think uh, when once the kid leaves the school and goes home, there's a barrier there that you have to be invited in to cross, I think. And well, technically, she was invited in. She no, was, you know, Susie Hairston was invited in, not yeah, Principal Loso. <laughs> you know, and and once the vampire crosses the threshold, and they're free to drink <laughs> your blood, you can't keep them out. And Garlic so, doesn't work anymore. No, yeah. nothing works. Uh, so that's that's my problem with it. Is I saw Lost Boys. I know exactly. Uh, she's she's far part vampire. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. She was looking for new victims, but that that's my biggest thing with it. You know. I would rather have her just gone on and say Principal Oso or Loso, whatever her name was, and created a Facebook account and been Facebook friends with her students at that level if they were willing, you know, if the students were willing to be that open with her and invite her in that way and it'd be all up above board where parents could be involved right. and everything as opposed to her be behind the scenes. That was my, that was my main issue. Now, as, as listeners know, I work for a school and we have a very open policy about that. A number of our teachers do class assignments on Facebook and they have Facebook pages. 
uh, and, and that sort of thing. So we, we encourage that relationship uh, to a degree. Obviously, uh, the, you have to um, be professional in, in, regardless of the venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my personal policy, just for me personally, is I don't friend or, or follow students on Twitter or anything until they graduate. And I have a number of former students that are my Facebook friends and, and who I follow on Twitter and who follow me. But during that time, I maintain that just, just for me. It's not the rule, but it's the, the code that I, I do. But I, I certainly understand, again, uh, we have a middle school teacher who is just great guns about it. Uh, and her kids are just old enough to be on Facebook, you know, at 13 years old, and they're all excited about it. And and she'll have kids. Um, I mean, and you can see the activity on her Facebook wall. They're solving math problems at at 11 o'clock on a Friday night uh, because they're excited about the venue. And and you can't you can't dismiss that the power of that kind of of learning. That's voluntary learning on their own time, and that's awesome. So, you know, I'm not necessarily down on her for wanting to be quote friends on Facebook, but you can't. You can't be dishonest about it and yeah. expect to have no repercussions. I agree. Mark, I think we're of one mind upon this. So yeah. we're free to move on. We need people who, <laughs> who disagree with us more. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Principal Losos. I think she should be shot. There you go. How's that? Help. But it's interesting. I'll put the, again, the, all the links will hear, here will be in the show notes. But go read the comments. Uh, you know, internet comments in general are um, entertaining at best, um, um, make you doubt the future of humanity at worst. And and there's all of that in this one. But uh, there's some people saying, you know, uh, burner at the stake, burner! And others who are saying um, that it's perfectly fine. And next, we have the case of the toddler terrorist. Dun, dun, dun. Dum, dum, bum. JetBlue Airlines um, in, um, wait a minute. Fort Where Lauderdale. Is Where is this? I can't it's remember. Florida. Florida. Yes, our first Florida story of the night. Um, uh, uh, parents who have uh, declined to have their name released. Uh, the uh, They are American-born. They are American citizens. The woman wears um, the typical... Uh, Muslim headdress. Uh, everywhere she goes, they are they are Muslim. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of that garment is called. It's not a burqa. It's something else. Habib. I, he he hijab. H i j a b. It's in the article there. A hijab. Uh, but anyway, um, they they got on the uh, flight before the flight took off. Air marshals came and asked them to deplane. They they deplaned and and they asked what was going on, and and their uh, uh, explanation was that the husband and the father uh, and uh, and the mother husband and wife were fine, but it was their daughter who was on the no fly list. Their daughter is eighteen months old. Wow. Yeah. Um. And there's there's a couple of things there where the TSA says it's not them, JetBlue says it's not them, and both are are refusing to investigate it saying that neither of them are responsible. Uh, the uh, TSA says that if she got a boarding pass, she wasn't on the no-fly list. And JetBlue says that they realized after they had boarded that she was on the no-fly list. Nobody has actually said whether or not she's on the no-fly list. But she's 18 months old. Uh, clearly, that person should not be on the no-fly list anyway. And that could be a no- somebody else with the same name who's 18 years old instead of 18 months old. I could accept a simple uh, mistake, uh, but nobody's confessing to it. 
Uh, and the parents are rightly upset about this. And after some time of delaying the flight for a while, they were told they could get back on. But they didn't. They chose not to. They were embarrassed. They didn't. They, they had. They were frog marched out in shame, and they didn't want to go back and have everybody staring at them, saying, "You're the reason we're late, and and you're Muslim. Are you going to blow us all up?" Uh, so, right. uh, well, they, yeah, they could have very well been in in, if not physical danger, at least danger of ridicule and and, and additional embarrassment, comments and everything else. You know, right? I would. I wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have gotten back on the plane either. And I'm usually pretty thick-skinned about those kind of things. So, uh, you know, it's... The last time I was deboarded for being an 18-year-old, 18-month-old Muslim, maybe. <laughs> there, there's no good excuse for this, and nobody's claiming responsibility. And that's the problem. Oh, wait, there's an update that wasn't in the story earlier today. JetBlue is now saying it was a computer glitch. Oops. Of course it was. Sorry about that. But that's, that's the same thing as not taking responsibility for it. The fact is, somebody should have had a brain. Somebody should have looked and said, the person whose name is on here is a child. This is clearly a mistake. Move on. Yeah. And that's just, that's one of those situations where you just have to make, you have to make a sound reasoning decision and, and buck the system for lack of a better word. Yeah. You know, of course they're probably worried about their job. They get fired if they let them on that kind of thing. So there you go. I don't know. T toddler terrorist. Uh, it's just institutionalized stupidity <clears throat> bothers me. And this whole idea that we're all going to be safer because TSA employees are now federal employees. Uh, you know, we, we made all these security checkpoint people. We federalized them and therefore we're safer. We're not safer. This isn't security. It's security theater. And, and it's bad dinner theater at that. Element 419 in the chat room says the, the basic problem is no one wants to admit they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if the person would just said, oh, you know what, that was really dumb. We're just going to put you back on the plane now. Um, right. Yeah. It's and, all been over. And, and the parents say that they were allowed to go back on, but nobody offered an apology. Nobody offered an explanation. Just said, you can get back on now. And I, I think I would be pretty darn upset, and I would be yeah. raising a fuss about that. And and then security would have to drag me off because I'd be yelling and, and threatening. Yeah. And then exactly. I would have, at least I would have earned it. I mean, it's almost as bad as if he was playing words with friends on the runway. But a boom <laughs> Yes. Current events yes. joke. Current events joke. Okay. <laughs> and here's another one. This made me laugh. This made me laugh in so many ways. Um, Livingston County, um, I'm trying to remember where Livingston County was, Ohio, I Michigan. think it was, Michigan, Livingston County, there we go, Michigan, uh, uh, Heartland High School student, uh, was texting his friends and he made the reference, I'm polishing my rifle. Uh, I bet he was. Yes. Yeah, somebody got, uh, wind of that. They shut the school down for a while. They made a big deal out of it. Turned out, polishing my rifle was just a uh, euphemism for masturbation. So that's one of, those, one of those circumstances when the actual word is probably better used than the euphemism. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, he didn't threaten anybody. Uh, it was it was one of those things. It was sort of a an overheard thing. Uh, and the the principal of the school says, however stupid and misguided the comments were. It wasn't criminal. It wasn't right, 
but not nothing was uh, uh, wrong. Not everything that is wrong is criminal. Uh, so yes. yeah, the whole school was closed on April 24th. Parents called 911 with concerns that a student made comments believed at the time to be about k- killing 24 people that day. Um, the texts well, were 24, May 24, and your first. So, and they were sent from a, a application that blocked his cell phone, apparently. So, that, I mean, there that, there's a little bit of cause for alarm if you put those things together. Right. The your first is the, is the only thing. Yeah, it turns That's out it says his the friend who received the text asked him not to confess right away because she was enjoying the spect uh, the the making the person squirm before the officials got out. There's a 17 and 8 year old students uh, included the rifle comment, which then degenerated quote into a conversation about masturbation. Polishing one's rifle is a euphemism for masturbation. Some students believe the original text referencing May 24th and 24th referred to the graffiti spray painted on the school and burned into the grass. It was vandalism uh, that referred to the last day, May 24th. It's the last day for seniors. So uh, it's one of those things where so you clearly he was targeting. He was he was congratulating the valedictorian. Exactly. You're first. Yeah. Good job. So it's one of those situations where um, I, I kind of understand closing the school down. It, you, that's an obvious overreaction. Yes. But had they not overreacted and a kid had showed up and killed 24 people, we'd all be saying, why didn't you take any action? So yeah. I, and on this case, again, I'm a school employee, but if it were my students at that school and the uh, administration overreacted on the side of keeping my kids safe, I'd be totally okay with it. Now, if it had, if it had only been the polishing my rifle comment alone, without the twenty four May twenty fourth your first stuff, right? Then that would have been okay. My chat room just said disconnected. Now, I'm sorry about that. Uh, and I'm in I'm in I'm in Internet Explorer, Mark. I'm trying to be as as positive as I can to with the chat room, but it doesn't like me. Well, I Let's see two other people left at the same time, so it must be a net split of some sort. I thought Sorry. they decided to do away with the whole net split thing and then went back to the regular thing where you got streaming in discs at the same. But a bunch. So, okay, sorry. so moving right along. I'm trying it again. This is a, a, a an article I'm calling Strange Bedfellows, and it's really bizarre in so many ways. Uh, this is United Press International, uh, Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, a man faces numerous charges for leading police on a wild two-hour chase that ended with him hiding in a stranger's bed. Dwayne <laughs> Dwyer, I love that, Dwayne Dwyer, uh, 19 years old, uh, was charged with grand theft auto, criminal mischief, carrying an electric weapon, resisting an officer, refusing, refusing to stop an order, driving without headlights, and driving without a driver's license and reckless driving. So they were just, I could just see the officers behind him just with a notepad right there. So that one, there's a, did he not turn his, oh, no headlights. You know, uh, let's add to the deadly weapon thing the fact that he didn't have his headlights on. So he drove, quote, with wanton disregard for a person's safe, safety and property. Uh, after uh, driving over a log and damaging the SUV, he put the car in reverse and jumped out with the car uh, screaming backwards, which slammed into the uh, squad car following him. Then he was carrying a fake machine gun. He fled on foot to a housing project, got up on the roof of a, of a, a mosque nearby, 
Uh, and That's always a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and he still refused to get up. He jumped off the mosque, ran into a neighborhood apartment complex. And here's my favorite part. He broke into an apartment of a family, and they said, sure, you can get in bed with our children and hide there. They did. They let him get in bed with the children. The police uh, were doing a search room to room. When they got there, the uh, the the parents said, "No, he 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 lives here." So, I mean, maybe what they is were going on. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're scared. Maybe they thought it was a real gun. But still, I I I, I can't imagine the the logic that would go through my mind that would allow me to let a man who broke into my house crawl in bed with my children. And then when the police came to defend him, take a shower. He took a shower. He took a shower. Right. First yeah. Part. He was there for a while. I forgot about that part. Well, yeah. I mean, that, but he was clean. He cleaned up. Yeah. They, they, if you're going to get in bed, you're going to have to shower first. I just washed those sheets. That's right. Um, that's just crazy. When, when the officers found him, he quote, openly and freely admitted to the crimes and also confessed to being a gang member. Well, like, like I've heard people say before, sometimes you just can't fix stupid <laughs> that, that whole that whole family and the people and the guy himself that's just they're just stupid that or he is the most silver-tongued devil ever on the face of the planet and will be president in a few years well i'll just we'll just stop it right there with that one i'm not gonna say <laughs> oh wow when i read these stories i try to put myself in the minds and in the hearts of the people and i try to think you know does any of this make any sense could i could i explain a scenario by which i would allow this to happen and that is one that I'm just coming up blank on. And this next story is the same. And I'm calling this one, a kid want to buy a yacht? Again, reported by United Press International. Crestview, where's that FLA? What's that the abbreviation for, Aaron? I think that stands for uh, uh, Florida. Florida. Yes. Florida. Florida. Crestview, Florida. Um, the uh, <laughs> Okaloosa County. I'm having a hard time even getting through this. The uh, tourism director, former, let me get that in there, the former tourism director of Okaloosa County, Florida, used $710,000 of public money to buy a yacht. Not for himself. The title is in the name of the city, of the county. Well, the best part is says he acknowledged using the public money was a mistake. Yeah, and so his thinking was that um, people who might want to do conventions or whatever here, he would take them out for junkets on the yacht. He would entertain them, and it would increase tourism and maybe um, you know bring in some big ticket items. Um, and said <laughs> Mark Bellinger is his name. He resigned Tuesday as the head of the Tourism Development Council in Okaloosa County in northwestern Florida. Um, he said the luxury yacht was intended to be a vehicle for promotional campaigns for the county. Uh, Bellinger met with an angry county commissioner and argued he was trying to do his best for the county when he made the purchase, which was paid for by a tax on hotels. But he agreed he should not have spent that kind of money without consulting anyone else. That's the issue. I didn't ask anybody first. Wow. There's no evidence of criminal wrongdoing. They're checking the counts to see what other purchases Bellinger might have made. <laughs> and the county commissioner Wait, get the caviar out of the refrigerator. <laughs> the county commissioner says, "I want to sell this thing as quickly as possible because it's a it's a public embarrassment to have this thing in the name of the county." Well, you know, I, while I understand the sentiment, 
maybe a $70,000 yacht may have been more appropriate. $710,000 of public money was spent on a yacht to promote tourism. Wow. You I'd could, like to go for a screw there. You could give every tourist in Okaloosa County $1,000 when they walked through the door or through across the county line. That would promote tourism and cost about the same amount of money. Yeah. That's hilarious. You know, when, when sometimes some people act independent of other people, they're also acting independent of reason. Yes. And this guy was in, doing that. And I saw a great quote recently. It said, common sense is so rare it should be considered a superpower. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, that so a, that, was a, that was a really dumb laugh of mine, by the way. Yes, that, uh, was, that uh, was that was a courtesy laugh, is what that was. It's the yeah, golf it really was. I just it, it, <laughs> I was like out of breath. It was, I was already breathing out. I breathed out, and then I tried to laugh at the end of it. Uh, he just wasn't there. <laughs> uh, and moving right along, we're we're animal lovers on this show, and so when someone tries to, for example, choke a goat, Lake uh, Worth, we, Florida, we like to mo- uh, notice it. Yes, again, another four. Imagine that another Florida story, and how odd that they happen to be end up just in row in a row like that, one after the other. I don't know. Cedric Leonard Livingston, and you know we always have to use middle names when somebody murders somebody. You know, presidential assassin, assassins Lee Harvey Oswald, John Wilkes Booth. We always know their For middle sure. names. Um, so uh, Cedric Liv- uh, Leonard Livingston, thirty-one of Lake Worth. Florida was charged Wednesday with crimes including possession of a weapon by a convicted felon and discharging the firearm in public and two accounts of animal cruelty because he shot a rooster or shot at he didn't actually hit it a rooster next door the rooster was making noise waking him up in the morning and so he pulled out his gun and he shot it no I missed my gun. mistake he did shoot both of them I, I thought he missed them but no he got him uh, uh he allegedly killed two other roosters the prior uh, the prior week, but uh, they with they, a hammer. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that took too long. It's hard to catch a rooster. It take those things were fast, so it took too much effort, and he was already so awake that he he couldn't take a shower and crawl back into bed with strangers' children. So uh, the next time it happened, he just got a gun instead. <laughs> element wonder, 632 in the chat room says i'm beginning to think the florida stories are searched out on purpose i swear to you uh, on my honor they are not not by me anyway people do send me a lot of florida stories in fact well, i uh, just pulled a uh, possible show title from from the chat room that's what roosters do that's what roosters do i like it but also also just fyi i put it in my little, my little list of show titles mark it's hard to catch a rooster <laughs> it's hard to catch a rooster at least he wasn't polishing his rooster that's right. Oh, but a that, that's always a good idea. That's yes. another one I've got in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, getting some, and I've got them to decide. Even Mark's not seen them this time. I've got them in my own little notepad. Then they'll be all be a surprise at the end. <laughs> and sticking with Die the theme of animals, the the goat who was choked. Okay, it's not the same goat. Fights back. In this case, a goat hijacks a car. Yes, yes, that's what the headline says. Goat hijacks car. Um, this is in Austria, so uh, not in. I believe it was Austria, New Zealand. Florida. Was it, no, was it New Zealand or Australia where the man it choked? It was New Zealand. It was New Zealand. Zealand. Okay, he drove so, all the way across the country, across yeah. the city to choke that. Um, <laughs> so an Austrian motorist was heading down the road, Gunther Hauser. Um, he uh, had to stop uh, as he drove through the countryside in Rock Radkersburg, Austria. I think I did that pretty well. Thank you. Came to face to face with a goat on the road. The goat wouldn't move. Uh, he stopped. Uh, apparently, he had his windows down. The goat jumped in the car. 
<laughs> and so, refused to budge as it began to eat his seats. <laughs> yeah. So he, he tried to get the goat to move. The goat was sitting there eating the upholstery. So he got out of the car. What What are you going to do? So he trudged off to the local um, farmer where, where the farmer uh, called the police and, and, and thought he was an intruder. I uh, thought that was an interesting little bit of the story there. Um, he was the, the, then the, once they realized what, was, what the deal was, the police went back with farmhands and they took the goat out of the car. Uh, but uh, the last line of the story is I had to take a picture of the goat because my insurance company would never believe me. That's hilarious. He's driving a Honda. Just FYI, for those that can't see the picture. Older model, probably. I hear that was a good vintage for the <laughs> <Yeah>. seats. <laughs> Hondas have the toastiest seats, the tastiest seats. I'd like an 89 Accord with my meal. <laughs> it's got a piquant after dinner flavor. Oh, okay. And now onto something a little more serious. Uh, this is, this is serious. <laughs> Sorry. I, I know it's serious, but the title and the subtitle, let me just read it. Man falls into acid tank. Coworker jumps in too. Subtitle. They birth, both suffered burns, officials said. Yes. Imagine that. The uh, most, that's what a, a, a lead of the obvious brigade said. Right. So this is uh, in, in Joyzy. Uh, two men, uh, two construction workers in uh, uh, New, Joy, New, New Jersey uh, were working. They were doing a new roof. And I love, you can tell this is New Jersey, right? Because like the third paragraph of the story says that it was un, uh, un, uh, unsanctioned labor work. But let's, let's not even mention that people were hurt yet. We'll get to that later. But they mentioned that it was unsanctioned uh, labor work because, you know, that's a big deal in New Jersey. But anyway, um, uh, two men who who were not identified. Uh, one man fell through the roof, fell about forty feet, and into a vat of nitric acid. The acid is used to clean steel pipes, uh, clean the the rusted corrosion off. Uh, forty feet is pretty significant. It probably would have killed him had he not falled falled fallen into the acid. Uh, the acid actually broke his fall. It was a tank of acid, but he was clearly pretty messed up there and unable to get himself out of the acid. So his buddy. Being a hero, there's no other way to describe that. Jumped into the acid himself, knowing what would happen. Uh, wow. Pulled pulled the man out, um, uh, drug him off to the side, and began doing CPR on him while the acid was eating his own body. Um, and while he was doing that, people came and hosed them off. Uh, and uh, both men are in the hospital right now. The the first man is in uh, critical condition. The second man is in uh, stable condition, but both suffered pretty significant burns. But uh, he would have, he, uh, according to the story, he laid there for a couple of minutes before somebody got there. So uh, obviously wow. in nitric acid for two minutes is going to mess up, uh, uh, mess you up. And yeah, Pete in the chat room says, I love all of my coworkers, but I don't like them that much. Um, that there's, there's no other way to describe it. That was a heroic act. When heroism is when you forego your own safety and welfare for the sake of someone else. And that's what he did there. And the, what may be tragic though, is that the guy may die anyway. Uh, and that's right. always, that's always kind of a, um, a downturn to it. But, uh, let's hear it for New Jersey construction workers for, for really manning up and doing the right thing. Legal or otherwise. Yeah, that's right. Here for all of them. There really are heroes everywhere. We, we spent time talking about superheroes. This man um, doesn't have, he's not a Norse god, nor does he turn green when he gets mad. 
So heroes aren't just for the big screen. And this next article I'm calling Just Eat the Soup. Um, this is in Russia. Uh, or, you know, I don't know if it's still called Russia anymore, but uh, in the, 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 the republics uh, that were once known as the Soviet Union, uh, a husband storms out of the house after having a, an argument with his wife because the soup was too cold. He didn't like the soup. He wasn't going to eat it. So he took off in the middle of winter out into the wilderness. He's 69 years old. He got lost, um, stayed out there for days, almost starved to death, uh, was found uh, heavily frostbitten, laying next to a rotted bale of hay, eating rotten hay and, and sucking down dew uh, several days later. So the moral of this story is eat the soup. Yes. Now, you know, that's a good life lesson in general. If your wife puts something down in front of you, you shut up and you eat it. Otherwise, you might end up laying out in a field eating raw hay. Raw hay. Be, yeah. Otherwise, you end up frostbitten and half dead next to a, a stack of hay out in the middle of a Russian winter. Yes. So eat the soup or you'll end up dead. It's like that cable commercial. that Have you seen that? You know, when this happens, this happens. Maybe they're not playing where you are. but uh, Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Yep. Yeah. When your wife serves you cold soup, you disagree with her. When you disagree with her, you storm out of the house. When you storm out of the house, you get lost in the Arctic uh, desert uh, or forest. When you get lost in the Arctic forest, you suffer frostbite and have to have your legs removed. Don't argue with your wife. Exactly. Yeah, he's. Uh, they're saying that most likely his legs will have to be removed. The, the dude is kind of creepy looking anyway. He's only got one eye. Like from the start of it, like apparently that's, Maybe that's his, his problem. Maybe yeah. it was the depth perception thing. That's yeah. why I got lost in the woods. Apparently that's his baseline uh, is, is what he looks like in that picture there. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Yuri Tikuik, T-I-C-U-I-C, T-I-C-I-U-C, anyway, the Russian dude. Um, good luck. I hope he feels better. Next time he's going to eat whatever his wife feeds him. I bet you he will. And I bet he's not complaining about the hospital food either. <laughs> no, I bet, bet you not. He'll end up wandering in there and get lost in the morgue. And they'll, they'll <laughs> put, a, put a toe tag on him because he looks like he's dead already. Yeah, he looks like he belongs there. Follow me or else, Aaron. Follow me or else. You're not going to sue me if I don't follow you, are you? I might. I might That's indeed. Impossible. However, you are not a porn star and nor are you Japanese. So that might ruin the story. Um. Court records have shown that a man who is uh, is not named um, has allegedly uh, asked multiple times for uh, via multiple accounts for a Japanese uh, porn star to follow him on Twitter. She's uh, she's known for such classics as big boobs yeah. zombie boobs is not the word there. Uh, Sola Aoi, sorry AOI, somebody who speaks Japanese will have to tell me oh, what said. Uh, refused to follow him back on Twitter. So he's taking her to court. That makes total sense to use a euphemism from the nineties. Not <laughs> or was that eighties? I can't remember. That was nineties. That was nineties. That's just crazy. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. Okay, you know That's, what I said originally, right? Is I try to put my mind, my, my head in the place of these people and try to understand their thoughts. I got nothing for this guy. This is that's whenever the, you know, like he goes to the court clerk. This should be totally legal. I would I would endorse this, Mark. I would vote for a congressman that would endorse this. He takes the paperwork to the courthouse. 
He hands the paperwork to the clerk to file it. The clerk looks at it and reaches over and just slaps him. <laughs> hands the paperwork back to him and says, get out. I'd be fine with that. I'd be perfectly happy with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just crazy. What the article doesn't say, though. Or a trap door. Put a trap door in. There, yeah, pull the lever. <laughs> pull the lever. A big gong. You hit the lever. gong, and then the trap door opens. That would be it. Uh, what the article doesn't say is whether this is being thrown out of court or taken seriously in the Japanese legal system. It just says that it is court papers have been filed. All I know is that the lag I just had from you on on the Skype audio was great because when you said seriously, it said, I don't know if this has been taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I was, a, I was, I was Bobcat Goldthwaite for a seriously. while. You were for just a second. Yeah. Follow me or else. And this next one, I think we're going to have to have a tie, a, a um, category of the show, right? Like we have the, uh, the Florida follies is seem that seems to be how it's working out. And we've got the bacon bit. Oh, I forgot to do the bacon bit this week. Sean wasn't here to remind me. Um, I think we're going to have to have a scumbag of the week. And this woman gets my vote for scumbag. That's a good idea, week. Mark. We need a few bits for the show. Cause we don't have enough stick. Yes. Yeah. The show doesn't have the, the stick armor needs to be amped up on this show. So this, uh, this week's, uh, um, contender for scumbag of the week is Ana Juarez. Uh, and I'm sad to say this isn't in Florida. Um, <laughs> this is in Cal in, in South El Monte, California. Um, the girl scout troop, um, each of the girls in the troop sold over 500 boxes of cookies. Wow. That is massive. Um, and they were going to use the money to go to, um, a uh, uh, have a limo take them to a store to buy an American Girl doll. Now, Aaron, you don't have daughters, you don't know, but I, I can tell you uh, what uh, American Girl dolls are. They're they're like the modern version of the Cabbage Patch Kids. They're these dolls. They're very highly uh, high quality dolls, but they're insanely expensive. My middle child has been dying for a, an American Girl doll, and like the the outfits, like the dress that you put on the doll, is like ninety bucks. The doll itself wow. is like 300. I mean, they're ridiculously expensive. Uh, and as part of their price, because they sold a freaking lot of cookies, was they were going to all pile in a big limousine or maybe several limousines and go and get an American Girl doll until Anna Juarez decided she would spend their money instead. Uh, apparently, the troop has a debit card. They have a bank account for the troop with a debit card. She's the troop leader. She has a, a, a debit card. Um, and she spent about two thousand dollars on the troop from the troop's debit card, and another four thousand dollars is missing in cash. And the things on the debit card were um, nail salon, uh, Fredericks of Hollywood underwear. Uh, she was using the the troop as her own personal spending money. Scumbag of the week, Ana Juarez. I agree. Yeah, there's really nothing more to say about that, is there? She's thirty years old. Uh, she had a daughter in the troop. She was literally stealing from her own daughter. Um, and what happened was other uh, other troop leaders uh, were looking, you know, at the records and saw charges to uh, the gas station and to a nail salon and to Nordstrom's and to Victoria's Secrets. And, and they were like, "Wait a minute, what? What? What's the deal here?" And uh, so when they approached Donna, she she didn't deny it. She just, "Oh, I'm sorry, I used the wrong debit card. My mistake." No. No. <laughs> over and over and over. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, scumbag I'm, of the week. I'm done with the scumbag this week. Well, but here's another possible candidate for scumbag of the week. Second place runner up. Second place runner up. Sarasota. Where is Sarasota? Florida. Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> Middle name. Yes. Thomas Fuller, known as Snake Snake. You got to like that name. That's clever. It rhymes. It's alliterative. Oh, the with a Ray Ray. Yeah. Thomas Snake Snake Fuller, also known as Thomas Edward Fuller. He must be a murderer because we have his middle name. Yeah. He is back behind bars in Florida for the 134th time. Oh, my gosh. What is going on down there in Florida that a man can be arrested? He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's been 40, convicted 49 times. He's been convicted 49 times for over 33 years. He's been arrested 134 times. 45, uh, 49 of those uh, resulted in convict uh, convictions. Um, he had an axe in his back pocket and socks on his hands. <laughs> yeah, he was robbing a house. <laughs> a church. He was broken he was robbing, to a church. I'm sorry, yes. He was robbing a church. When the police asked him why he had socks, it was awesome. He said, because fingerprints tend to come back and haunt you. Oh, man. So he, he, He's not smiling in the picture, but I bet you he does not have all of his teeth. He couldn't afford gloves, so he put socks on his hand. He was sentenced to two years in 2010. So apparently he, he either got off early or he just got out. He broke into an Inglewood restaurant. Um, <laughs> this is one of my, my favorite quotes. Uh, Nick Sira, um, I'm not sure who he is. I'm not reading the article that closely. He said 134 times. I don't think he's learned a lesson at all. I think he should just stay there. He's a person who needs to stay in jail. You know, I tend to think that's right. There are some people who just need to stay in jail. And Jake Snake Snake Edwards, was it, needs to, yeah. to stay in jail. The last line of the thing does say, though, they have this really weird point system, apparently, in Florida where they right. add up the things and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But if he's convicted, he'll qualify as a prisoner release reoffender, which means he'll be facing a mandatory life sentence now. So I guess his... Instead of three strikes, you're out. It's 49 strikes, you're out. You get right. your 50 of the rest of Florida, we get serious. <laughs> yeah. We we talked a couple of weeks ago about a man who had done so many 30, fetty, petty thefts that he was facing a felony conviction for stealing soda at McDonald's. The system is broken when people can get that far in life. Yeah, that's, yeah. Can, I yes. mean, you know, and we, yeah, okay. Scumbag of the week runner up. I still think the uh, the Girl Scout mom beats him. Yeah, because it's Girl Scouts. Exactly. It's little girls. And it's not like they were robbing churches. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, moving right along. I'm calling this one in, gets, uh, in, in uh, Maxwell Smart style. Missed it by that much. In Fort Collins, Colorado, a, a Colorado State University sophomore uh, was at a party. At an apartment complex uh, last Saturday, he climbed up on the roof of the building and s jumped off uh, the roof, alleged, uh, uh, assuming, presumably, to land in the pool. It's only a six-foot-deep pool anyway, and he was up on the third-story roof. Now, that's pretty stupid all the way around, but he missed. He landed on the pavement and fell back into the concrete so he so jumped. really it shouldn't be missed it by that much it's hit it by that much right yeah <laughs> and and uh the again when you when you look at the the link uh you'll see a little video there for a reporter who who walks the distance from the roof to the th and it's it's a good 18 feet and he thought he could just get a good running job 
j- uh, jump and land in the pool. And he gave, there's actually video, there's cell phone video of this. And the guy got really close. He only missed it by six or eight inches. He was really close. Uh, he's at in the hospital. He first. Yeah, he was in, yeah, at least he didn't go head first. He's in the hospital right now with broken ankles, broken heels, multiple vo- broken uh, vertebrae in his lower back. Uh, he was laying in the pool uh, with blood all around him uh, when people came and um, helped him uh, helped him out of the pool. Uh, witnesses, you could hear him hit, and it just kind of rolled into the pool. I'm, I'm getting a little queasy just thinking about it. Yeah. Because I've seen some pretty bad injuries in, in real life before. They're not fun. But I like what Element 632 said in the chat room. I'm surprised that wasn't in Florida. <laughs> yeah. It probably has happened in Florida multiple times yeah and i have to assume you know college age people uh, it doesn't say anything in the story but i have to assume large amounts of alcohol were involved i would there's yeah i would almost guarantee it yeah or else he's just really really dumb well you know that's possible he's not in florida though um <laughs> uh, the paramedics say that uh, he's lucky to be alive and uh you know don't watch the cell phone video unless you have a strong uh, constitution because it's pretty rough. I mean, you don't see the blood or anything, but you clearly see a dude get messed up. Yeah. And you hear well, let me people, tell you the story about the the time I was helping out in wood shop, Mark, when I was teaching school. Okay. Uh, but on the oh, video, fine. you can hear people say, don't do it, don't do it, stop. And other people going, jump, jump, you can do it, jump. Um, and, you know, as as much as it pains me to admit, when I was 18 years old, I would have been one of the ones guy, one of the guys saying, "Jump, jump, do it. It'll be cool." I really, yeah. I would have. I'd have been the guy that had been getting out my protractor and figuring the angle that he'd have to leave and the speed that he <laughs> would have to jump. I'm sorry, Bob. The, the vectors are just against you. You're not going to make it. It's just not going to. You can't argue with basic physics. We got to get Mark and Aaron up there to throw you off. The- <laughs> now, if they can throw you, I think we can get the distance. Unless you're a Marvel superhero, and then you can argue right. with basic physics. Okay. How about we had uh, earlier, we had an an 18-month-old toddler. How about a six-year-old guilty of sexual harassment? What is this world coming to? In the end. December 2012, apparently. Yeah, it's coming to an end, yes. Uh, Again, staying in Colorado, Aurora, Colorado, a six-year-old boy was suspended from his suburban Denver school for three days after school officials said he told a girl, I'm sexy and I know it which is apparently a line from a popular song. Devante Meadows, a first grader at Sable Elementary School in Aurora, is accused of sexual harassment and disrupting other students, according to a letter that the school district sent to his mother when he was sent home. Really? Really sexual harassment? He doesn't even know what that means. He's reciting a line from a song that he's heard his mama play. Yeah, I mean, the... Maybe that, I mean, that, that's a point of, that's a teaching moment. <laughs> that's where you teach your kid not to repeat everything you hear. And that's the teaching moment for the parents too, where they watch what they listen to while their kid's around. But that's an awfully big tag to put on them, you know, yeah. sexual harassment. That's, uh, that's just scary. My, my wife has taught pre-K and kindergarten and first grade, all those. And I hear all kinds of stories about guys whipping it out and showing it to people. You know, they're six. They don't know any better. You, yeah. you 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 tell him to zip it up and you explain to him that was a bad idea and you move on and he was just it was just a quote he doesn't even know what sexy means at least i hope he doesn't but still can a six-year-old is it 
even possible for a six-year-old to be guilty of sexual harassment. I remember when my, some friends of mine's four or five-year-old son used to stand up in the back seat of the car and saying, I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'd heard that song a million times. Listen, you know, his mom's listening to the country western music. He didn't have any idea what the song was about. You know, he probably thought it was about marmalade or something. This is the same thing as the 18-month-old child. Somebody in that chain needed to have some common sense. Yes. Somebody. They needed a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my and, son today, yeah, my son would prefer to be naked if he could most of the time. He was supposed to be getting in the shower, and he came running back downstairs through the living room, through the dining room, into the foyer type, like between where the garages and i had the garage door propped open because i was unloading some lumber and he's standing there absolutely and in all other ways but naked buck naked and buff naked any kind of naked you want he was it and he didn't think a thing of it he had a question to ask you know what i mean he wasn't being lewd crude or any other way he had, had his clothes off and he'd ask me a question so what do you do you go ask the question you worry about right. the clothes later yeah my my daughters do that all the time and you know the front door standing wide open they're running around but they're kids you teach them otherwise right so i said nathaniel you should be ashamed of yourself you're dirty and you're nasty and you need to cover your i, know, I, didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I said go get in the shower goofy that's what i said oh wait we have to skip around because you gave me a perfect lead in to to shaming uh someone okay uh, where did i put it there i'm calling this one diaper duty and this is is that d-o-o-d-o-o-d-i-e -O -O -E or no this is in fridley minnesota um police say a minnesota woman and her boyfriend uh uh I'm looking for their names now, and I can't find it. 34-year-old woman and a 38-year-old, no, 38-year-old woman, 34-year-old boyfriend. Um, I'm, I'm not missing their names, but anyway. Um, their daughter, who's 12 years old, um, did poorly in school. So as a punishment, they shaved her head, dressed her in a diaper, and made her run around out in the front yard picking up trash. Wow. What do you say to that? I think they just won this comeback. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Because this, this, is, this is beyond just stealing a little money. This is directly damaging a child. Yeah. And uh, it said about a crowd of about 50 people gathered when, until one of them decided, hey, maybe we should call the police on this. Uh, the, when the officer found her, she was crying and hysterical, and she was just begging, please let me back into the house. Uh, the two adults are facing charges. Uh, uh, they're in jail right now. And it said they were laughing on the, they didn't understand why the police were there. Why are you even there? This is a parental moment. It says through the whole contact and even on the way to jail, both were laughing and thinking it was ridiculous. The police would get involved in what they considered a parental decision. It said the officers had responded to four calls in the past two years for that family. And, um, uh, one of the calls involved uh, triggered a, a county protection uh, uh, worker there, but obviously uh, it was too little too late. Um, yeah, so the girl and the three younger children are now all in foster care, so at least there's a little bit of a positive ending as, as best it can be. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't leave them with them. I hope they find parents who love her. You yeah. know, We had a few weeks ago a woman a grandmother who ran her daughter to death, you know, uh, <laughs> This is this, yeah, scumbag of the week. It just blows my mind um, that you would do this to a 12 year old girl, uh, shave her head, and make her run around in a diaper. 
That's crazy. Yeah. And their idea was, uh, that's what, you know, the, the lead in you gave me is public humiliation will teach her not to do that again. Now, we did a story a while back about a boy holding a sign, right, saying, I didn't yeah. do, do grades, so I got to <clears> spend <throat> my spring break here. That's public humiliation, but in a very different scale. I Aww. agreed with those parents. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, they weren't, I mean, the, the shaving the head and making her wear a diaper, I mean, that's that's borderline uh, that's not borderline. That's whatever you want to call it. That's bad. Hey, Mark, I um, just thought I'd throw a short, <clears throat> throw a side story here. This is just crazy. Um, uh, and this actually happened in Georgia. Um, I, heard on the, I heard it on the radio on the way home from work today and then just happened to see it in the side notes uh, while I was looking at the article we were discussing. Um, this young girl, Amy Copeland, 24 years old, she's a grad student at West Georgia University, went ziplining last Tuesday near her home with her friends. <clears throat> and she got a cut on her calf that required 22 staples to close. Well, she started feeling some pain and so forth. They gave her an antibiotic. So went back in last Friday, you know, three days later in the emergency room and they diagnosed her with necrotizing fasciitis. Now, um, you know, I worked for five years of dermatology practice. Flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah, five years of dermatology practice. There's only about two things that are skin emergencies. Um, and one of them is necrotizing fasciitis. Basically, the fascia um, around your the inner layer of your skin gets this bacteria and just starts dying uh, and rotting. And it's, it's actually pretty horrible. So um, she's been in cardiac arrest. Uh, it, it, you, as the flesh starts dying, it starts going and getting in your bloodstream and start, you start getting clots and all these other problems. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible disease. Um, and it's really strange because <clears throat> it's one of those things where it's around all the time. Because it's caused by the common strep virus, like you have growing on your air conditioner and water fountain and everything else. Uh, but you usually you you get it when you've got a weakened immune system, like you've been exposed to chicken pox or something like that, or you've had some kind of other virus, and then you get exposed to it directly, like through a cut. I actually have a friend um, who, when she was a and was fourteen or fifteen, got it from a water fountain in school. She had a cut in her mouth or something like that, and had been had mono. I think she'd had, and got um, and got it. A couple of people at her school got it. She ended up losing half of most of her fingers, several big patches of skin that they had just cut out. I know this is disgusting for some of y'all, and both her legs below the knee, uh, one a little further than the other, and uh, you know had a couple of big skin grafts. It's just crazy. I mean, it's just like random. You know, one day you're ziplining, the next day you're you're basically dying in the hospital, being eaten alive from the inside out. It's just it's a horrible, horrible disease. So I just well, thought thanks I'd for that me. story, Aaron. I appreciate thanks. it. Thanks. I wanted upper after the story about the girl with the diaper. Yeah, I actually have some experience with it. It's not the the same thing. It was a similar uh, thing. It was a gangrenous, uh, a gaseous gangrene. They called it. That's what killed my father in law. He was a cancer patient with a, a, a depressed immune system who was also a gardener. And uh, he picked something up that he couldn't fight off, and uh, about eighteen hours later, he was dead. Wow! Yeah. So thanks for uh, for bringing uh, uh, bringing us all that chipper news. You're right. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. So here's what happens when biker chicks get old. Joan Nesbitt of the UK, seventy one years old, and is facing eviction from her home after a twelve year campaign of harassment i'm not going to read this whole thing uh i just want to read uh, the like the, the interesting uh, the introductory paragraph and leave it at that 
Grandmother faces eviction from her home after 12 years uh, where she made her neighbor's life, quote, a living hell. Joan Nesbitt, 71, sprayed weed killer in the woman's face, blared gangster rap music, and had naked sex in the garden. That's it. That's the whole, that's all I'm going to tell you. 71 years. This is what happens when hell's angels get old. Look for it. to kill the neighbor's children. Yes. Threw a pot of paint at her neighbor. Wow. Honestly, the naked sex was as far as I needed to go. I mean, 71-year-old woman. Not uh, the clothes sex would have been any better. Yeah, it would have been marginally better. Like, you know, 9.5 versus 10 uh, on the disgusting meter. Right. And when I'm 71, I might think differently. But, yeah, I'm just leaving that. That's as far as I'm going with it. Um, And next is a story that I am calling utter BS on. But I'm going to read the story anyway. This is from uh, from out of Boston, Boston, uh, from the Boston, Boston Globe. A woman has told Boston police that she was approached by three scam artists in Chinatown last month and hypnotized without her permission before giving them all her valuables, including jewelry and $160,000 in cash. The victim, who only spoke Cantonese, told the police that she was approached by three Asian women between 30 and 40 years old, and one of the suspects talked to her in Cantonese for about five minutes, asking random questions about the victim's family. And, and then the victim stated offer she believes during the conversation she was hypnotized. The victim sta- then started, further stated she didn't agree to be hypnotized. She then went home with a plastic bag that they had given to her, uh, placed all her valuables in it, and $160,000 worth of cash, and she handed it over Everybody has that lying around. Right. And she uh, handed the bag over to him. I want to make a bet that you could go right now in the city of New York, one of the wealthiest, most populous cities in the world, and you could pick a random sampling of a thousand people anywhere in the city and you would not find one of them that had $160,000 cash in their home. <laughs> I, I would, I would back that up. So I don't know what the take, uh, what the, the thing is on this. I don't know what the scam is. Uh, I suspect she just made the whole thing up. I know about hypnotism. Uh, you know, as, as my, as I've mentioned before, I have a degree in, in psychology. It's really the only thing I'm actually trained to do. Uh, I've, I've studied hypnotism a lot. I know a lot about it. A, you can't hypnotize somebody against their will. Not possible. B, you can't make somebody do something that they don't want to do. All this, the, the crap you see on stage. Here's how a stage hypnotist works, okay? Stage hypnotist works by getting you up on stage and saying something like, um, now imagine that you're you know, on a beach, and you're there, and you're in front of everybody, and so you do that. And then he says, now imagine that uh, you're, uh, it's, it's a little warm outside, and so you do that. And then he works from imagine that to just telling you things. Now you're a chicken. And, so, and, and, a, and a good stage hypnotist works through this progression gradually. You, first, he gets you on your side asking you simple things that it's not a big deal. But then you've made this contract with him. The audience is enjoying it. You're, they're laughing. You're part of the show. So you go along with it because you don't want to be the one jerk who says, no, man, I totally, I'm not hypnotized. This isn't doing anything. Sorry, folks. Uh, this is all a scam. You can go home now. So right. uh, uh, stage, that's how a stage hypnosis works. There's nobody there is actually doing, you know, believing that they're from Mars and only speak Martianese. Um, the, yeah, the, Richard Feynman actually talks about that in one of his books, you know, the famous physicist. He's because he, he did, he went, was hypnotized by a guy kind of like that. And he said, it wasn't that I couldn't do anything that I didn't want to. I just didn't want to. 
Right. I wanted to go along with it. Right. It's it. You you have a social contract with these people in the case of the thing. So, and hypnotism, real clinical hypnotism, is, is very is nothing more than deep relaxation where you sort of get the the the. Th your own mind out of the way you stop thinking so much and a good hypnotist will will focus your thoughts on one thing um, and and allow you the freedom to not be multitasking which we tend to do all the time but right. no hypnotist ever ever is going to make you take a plastic bag and go home and put hundred sixty thousand dollars in it period end of discussion moving on <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you have a rebuttal to that? No, I'm just laughing. I'm just writing down my show title. Yeah. <laughs> Period. End of discussion. End of discussion. And Comma. here's... Move on. This next one I'm calling, I swear I wasn't cheating or may lightning strike me. This is in Mexico. <laughs> lightning strikes a 53-year-old man's scrotum. <laughs> And this is not funny. He suffered burns. He he burned his through a lab. Yeah. He burned his balls. The, the electricity went out through the bottom of his feet. He's got the burns on his testicles and the bottoms of his feet. We shouldn't be laughing at him, but it's just the fact that it struck his testicles, honestly. Um <laughs> That, that there's really nothing more to the story. He's outside. He was uh, he was on, on a sidewalk. Uh, lightning hit him, but it's where it hit him. You know, you always hear uh, <laughs> Pete in the chat room says that was ball, ball lightning. lightning. Oh, yeah. that was awesome, Pete. Um, I saw a great commenter on the side said, you know, uh, I thought lightning struck the tallest part of a body, so maybe he's just really gifted uh, in a in a specific way, uh, but. <laughs> I just I can just picture him like being on a cell phone. Honey, I swear to you, I was not. I swear it wasn't. I didn't have sex with that woman. May lightning strike me now. Kaboom. Boom. <laughs> That's it. No commentary on that one. Just hey, that. what can you say? I mean, now what do you say about that? The man got struck by lightning in his scrotum. <laughs> That's that's the story. Hey, Aaron, you ever been um, watching a sporting event, maybe football or, or baseball on television, and said to yourself, I can do better. I could kick a field goal better than that. Yes. Yes. Well, you ever been to a uh, mixed martial arts fight and, yes. and looked at the ring and said, I could do better than that? No. Has anybody ever offered you the opportunity to get in the ring and prove that you could do better than that? No. No. Okay. Well... Here's a 53-year-old man who uh, only gives the name Tim, who was given exactly that opportunity. He was there at a, at a mixed martial arts, uh, you know, an, a low seed thing, uh, off Broadway, so to speak, uh, thing. And the uh, the opponent, the man in the ring, who's 21 years old, his for some reason his uh, opponent didn't show up. So this 53-year-old. Um, uh, Slightly overweight. Yeah, just chuggy. I'm looking if they said it's occupation. They didn't. Um, but uh, uh, from uh, Illinois. He probably um, had a Chuck Norris t-shirt on. Yeah. He gets in the ring and he knocks the dude out. That's the best thing about it. Um, so like the first punch levels the 53-year-old. He goes down. Goes down yeah, He's hard. down. I'm watching it right now. He's down. Yeah. He's on his back. 20-year-old's on him. He's trying to punch him. He's trying yeah. to ground and pound, but the 53-year-old will he, not stay down. He's getting back up. He's getting back up. Apparently, the other guy has poor ground defense. He's got him by the leg. He kicks him in the belly. They're both down. They're both up. Uh, he's going for the uppercut. He's, he's dodging. He's ducking. He's still he's struggling. He's, the 21-year-old the, the falls. The 53-year-old jumps up, chasing him to the corner. 21-year-old appears scared now that the old guy is not dead. 
<laughs> what He's like, what am I doing? He's backing this? up. He's got his hands up. He is like a piece of iron. He caught him on the jaw. He's stumbling. He's stumbling. He's he's dancing around. What's really funny is he looks just like our research and development director in my office. The older guy does. They're swinging at it. They're going. I don't know how long this video is. How long is this fight? I can keep this up. But it's, I, yeah, but let's not, shall we? Yeah, let's uh, not. The, I was having fun there for a minute. The, he knocks out the, uh, the, the MMA guy and then goes back into obscurity. That's pretty cool. He caught him right on the jaw. He got him on the button. He went down in the, against the ropes and, uh, or against the cage, and he jumped on him and ground and patted him. Oh, and the surprise cameraman, if you know your uh, MMA stuff at all, is Stefan Bonner. Former winner of the of the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, okay. So, That's hilarious. So the cameraman was a was a fighter. Yeah, it was a he's a UFC fighter. That's awesome. That's really funny because it says yeah. in, the, in the thing it says find out who the surprise cameraman is. It's Stephen Bonner. That's hilarious. Yeah, Jim Jim in the chat room says someone forgot to give the old guy the script. Right, they didn't tell him the payoff. Yeah. Hey, hang on now. Wait just a second. <laughs> didn't you see Rocky Balboa? Old guys can still do it. You know what's funny is is uh wait I gotta write that down showtime. <laughs> Hold on one second. Old guys can still do it um, as long as lightning doesn't strike them in the balls. Yeah, it's funny because you know I have a lot of respect for any kind of fighter. Um, because I don't, one time at night, Mark, I was getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night when I was probably fifteen or sixteen, and I was walking with my hands out. You know, I tend to not turn the light on. Right. And my bedroom door, which should have been closed, which was always closed, was not closed. And I put one hand on either side of the door and walked directly into the door with my nose. I almost knocked myself out. You know, tears. You had a Three nose. Stooges moment there, didn't I you? I did. Uh, Nosebleed and everything. And when I see those guys fighting and I see the guy that gets the elbow to the nose and his nose is crushed and they keep fighting, I think, I've told my friends this before watching that. I said, you know, I got hit in the nose really hard before one time and I cried and it hurt really bad. <laughs> These guys, it's like they've got that spot that I had and now they're just letting somebody hit them in that over and right. over and over and over. And that's just crazy. I mean, just the, I know part of it's the adrenaline, you know, uh, the shock, but still that's, um, I would, I would, I don't think I could, I could fight if I needed to defend somebody and, you know, pretty handily and not, you know, not have any qualms about it, but to go in there for money and do it, I would be like, the dude just hit me in the face. I quit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and probably what we don't know is that 53-year-old Tim called into work next the next day and said, I can't move. I'm oh, not yeah. going to be there for the next three weeks. I just went five rounds with an MMA fighter. You ought to see some of the after pictures they put. Like, cause a lot of these fighters will say, it's like, especially in Vegas, join us at fill-in-the-blank casino for the after party tonight, you know, after the fights. And then they'll show like pictures from the after party where they got their arms around, like somebody took a picture and tweeted it. And the dude's face is like yellow and purple and brown and one eye is swelled shut. But he's got a margarita in his hand and he's happy to be there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's still living on the uh still living on the uh, adrenaline high, but by the next morning it, it feels like a car wreck, is what they say. Yeah, I can't imagine. It's uh <clears throat> all right. So um here's Here's a, an interesting story, and this is another one of those things where you're not really sure who to blame in this case. Um, Mitch Torbett of Signal Mountain, Tennessee, uh, was arrested for a crime that his twin brother had committed. Um, not only that, but his twin brother is dead. Um, he went to 
um, have some paperwork filed. Uh, the trouble, the double trouble started. It says when Torbit applied for a construction permit in Signal Mountain, uh, and after running his driver's license, officials discovered a federal warrant for his arrest. Uh, although Torbit told the police the federal warrant, uh, warrant um, had to be linked to Michael, his now deceased brother, officials arrested him anyway and turned him over to the FBI. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically, here's what happened. Guy, um, the twin brother, at some point when he was on his uh, crime spree, apparently he was in and out of prison a lot, uh, gave his brother's name, which twins do a lot. Uh, I've known twins, and they've done that for, you know, I've I've got too many speeding tickets, so I'm going to give my brother's name. Uh, so he did that. So that was listed as one of his aliases. So when Mitch Torbett, when his license was ran, that showed up as an alias. He was arrested. Uh, they fingerprinted the guy, but not after he'd spent a while in jail. Uh, and he then they then at that point, the process had to continue. He was already arrested. He had to go before a judge. Uh, a cop, once he arrests somebody, can't let him go. So he had to go before a judge, and the, the DA basically said, Your Honor, this was a mistake. We clearly have the wrong guy. He needs to be let go now. And he was. And so there's two sides to this. One side is, you know, cops, bad, boo, in, wrongful imprisonment, yada, yada. But on the other side, how many cops haven't heard the it was my twin brother story? Right. Yeah, I've tried it. I don't even have a twin brother. Not really. It's funny. Um, I have this mental image of my, my cousins, first cousins, Kyle and Kane. They're twins, obviously, identical twins. When they were about six, maybe six or seven, and we were in Mississippi visiting the family, and my niece, Holly, who's older than them, was laying on the floor in the living room, and one of them was sitting on her back, you know, wrestling with her, sitting on her back, bounced up and down. And she said, stop it, Kyle. And he said, I'm not Kyle, I'm Kane. And on the back of his shirt, in beautiful airbrush letters, it said Kyle. <laughs> he had already lamed, learned to blame things on his brother at six years old. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so he's filing a, a civil suit for wrongful imprisonment and all that. And, and I guess he has the right to do that. I'm not going to say he, I mean, that, that had to be difficult for him. But at the same time, you know, I, I have had a hard time blaming the cops for this. They did everything right. It was right for them to arrest a guy who had a warrant out. His name was on the warrant. Right or wrong, it was there. So right. the, the police did their job. They arrested a guy took him to jail, and ignored it when he said it wasn't me, it was my twin brother. That's the right thing for a cop to do. And then once they had the evidence, once they had the fingerprints, they immediately went to the judge and said, no, this is a mistake, let the guy go. They did everything right. I don't think there's a, a civil argument here. It's an, it's an unfortunate, it's an inconvenience. Right. I'm sure it was embarrassing, but I don't think anybody did anything wrong. Maybe they could give him a little card that, that says, this guy isn't his dead twin dead brother. We checked it out. The cops. <laughs> yeah. You could just give that to them next time they get pulled up. Signed the fuzz. Right. Hey, did you hear about the little boy that was dressed as a zebra that they put next to the lion cage and the lion kept trying to eat him? I did hear about that, yes. That was crazy. I, that's, it, not, that's all I wanted to say about I that. I didn't put it in the notes because it was more of a visual. But yeah, yeah. They, the lion tried to eat the zebra boy. Yep. Uh, and the last one, the last story of the night is just a comical one. Um, a, a school, and, and I had to put this in here because this is close to home. This is Fort Worth, Texas. This is right. near, near where I live. Um, McMillan Elementary School 
uh, in uh, 2003-2004 school year, uh, changed their name to, uh, they were Sunrise Elementary, and they changed their name to Sunrise McMillan Elementary uh, after the uh, first teacher to ever work there uh, retired. And she became principal and had been had a, uh, a long um, career there. So they became Sunrise McMillan Elementary School. Trouble is, they spelled it McMillian, M-C-M-I-L-L-I-A-N. But it's not McMillian, it's McMillan. Nine years ago, they did this. So for nine years, everything they did, the sign on the building, the letterhead, the business cards, the website, all said McMillian. And it wasn't until last week that a relative said, you know, our name isn't McMillian, don't you? And it was well, one of those moments where the principal kind of looked up and went, well, what do you know about that? Well, I'm sure the, the, the lady that was, it doesn't say that this was a posthumous honor. You know, it says she retired, doesn't say she died. So, you know, what do you do when they, you drive up and they pull the banner off? You know, they've got the sheet over the, the big marquee out front and they've got the newspaper there and the television and they pull the thing down and Sunrise McMillian School, all named for you, Miss McMillian. <laughs> and you say, thanks. I'm going to go to the courthouse now and change my name. <laughs> I appreciate the honor. That, isn't that nice? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things there. They haven't actually told the students about it yet. They're just sort of quietly changing things. They change the sign. They're changing the letterhead. They're, they're just not really mentioning it. But it says they're working uh, with, uh, at all co costs, the Fort Worth ISD says it is, they're not saying how much it'll cost to fix this, the mistake, but it did say it's exhausting all its resources in an attempt to keep the uh, expenses down. Well, Mark, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine options for show titles here in my little notepad that I'm now going to paste into the notes for you to look at. Well, before we do that, we need to sign off, Aaron, because all of that happens after oh, the that's show. that's right. Only the people who actually do the live stream get to that's take right. part of this. You Sorry, non-live stream listeners. That's right. You who are listening to this later, you're SOL. You're out of luck. You don't get the chance to name the show. If you want to name the show, you have to be here Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Central Time, when we do this show. And SOL stands for sorry out and out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, would you like to tell people uh, anything about you before we say goodnight? Well, I'd love to tell a few things about myself. One, uh, I'm a 43 year old white male, happily married to a beautiful woman. Likes long walks on the beach. No, I, actually, beach walks are okay, but they tend to make my feet hurt. I prefer to hike. I like long hikes in the wood. Uh, but seriously, folks, um, in the chat room, I'm a former fat guy, and that's because I was a fat person my entire life until about a couple of years ago and decided to get healthy and lost a significant amount of weight, and I'm trying to help other people do the same. So on uh, Wednesday nights at 5.30 Central, actually 6 o'clock Central now, we're moving it back 30 minutes, 6 o'clock Central starting next week, um, or whenever you hear this, I don't know when it'll be, 6 o'clock Central, you're probably pretty safe to join in um, because it yeah, there's no way you can hear this before we record one at 6 o'clock because the next one we do. Yeah, okay. We're okay. 6 o'clock <laughs> Central Time, we record a podcast called One Meal, One Workout. That doesn't mean you only get to eat once a day and have to work out every day, but there's a whole philosophy behind it. If you want to hear about more, just jump on in there and uh, listen to it sometime. Join in. Um, we live stream it as well, and it's part of the Element OP Network, OneMealOneWorkout.com. And other things that are part of the Element OP Network are a couple of uh, tech shows and a, uh, a t-shirt show and... Um 
We got a couple in the works, actually. We may be adding to our lineup in the near future. So go over to elementop.com and check it out. I encourage you to be active in the forums there. Uh, we have had uh, lots of um, feedback uh, for this show. This is the one that generates the most feedback. I had uh, almost every show, not all of them, some of them I found, but almost every link in this show was sent to me by somebody, and there were a bunch more that I just didn't have time to put in because we were already at nearly an hour and a half, and had I put everything in there, this would be uh, a 30-hour uh, mini-series. It would be in, longer than... An hour than, and 38 minutes. Yeah, it would be longer than Roots. Uh, so anyway, uh, please uh, check out elementop.com. And, and I also would like to ask a personal favor of you. They say that uh, you should do that. You should give people action words and, and make it personal. So my personal favor that I'm asking of you is to go to iTunes, load up the iTunes client on your computer, search Element OP in the podcast section in the iTunes store, find all of our shows, and go rate them. Ideally, actually listen to the show but if you're listening to this one you know the show right now this show has zero ratings on itunes it's it's one of our more popular shows we have lots of people downloading it lots of people commenting about it but nobody has rated it please rate it on itunes so that people other people will know about it it doesn't take much to get uh featured in in itunes featured list and i appreciate it if you do that so don't think somebody else is going to do it don't think that uh, you can do it later go now right now pull the car over go into the neighbor's house Use iTunes on their computer, take, take a, a shower, shower and then get in bed. bed with their children. And with that, I will say that ends this episode of The Periodic Table.